Workplace division has always been an issue in veterinary practice, but these days, social signals tell us it may be worse than ever before. This week, we're going to talk about mandating in the clinics, division among personnel, and why the heck can't we just get along this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And viewfinders, this week, it's all about really tough topics. We're going to talk about workplace divisions. I mean, you know, there was a time when it was the front versus the back versus the management versus the owners. I mean, but nowadays... There's political signals, there's social justice signals, there's all kind of stuff going on. Do you wear a mask? Do you vaccinate? Do you not? Do you? Why? Who cares? Before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. (laughs) And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. Holy cannoli, Becky. I mean, (sighs) what is going on? Cannolis are sweet and (laughs) cream-filled. This is not a cannoli. This is bad. So, viewfinders, this conversation has stemmed from uh, several weeks of Becky and I kind of talking talking to different colleagues throughout the country and and even abroad. And everybody seems to be on this amped up, you know, sort of super heightened, pressure filled, you know, workplace where everybody's at each other's throats. And, you know, Becky and I were saying, well, wait, you know, it's always been that way, right? But we think it's changed. We think it's actually gotten worse. And we think some of the drivers and foundations of these divisions have actually drifted from the old days. So, Becky, if we go back, you know, pre-COVID times, if we go back five or 10 years into the vast past, you know, there was always this tension between the front and back staff. You and I have lectured together on this, right? The front versus mm-hmm. the back. And typically that used to be based on what I used to call the three R's, roles, responsibility, and recognition. So somebody got their nose tweaked because somebody had a different responsibility, different recognition, different role. And it was typically based on on, you know, you were a a customer service rep or receptionist and you were a technician or you were an associate, you were an owner, right? It was role and responsibility and recognition based, right? But these days, Becky, I mean, it's like, do you wear a mask or not? (laughs) You know, do you believe in vaccines or not? Which political party do you support or not? And that's what's different. Like, like, I don't know, Becky, 10 years ago, I don't remember that being the source of tension in my workplace. I was so young 10 years ago. How could I remember? (laughs) No, but you're exactly right. And, you know, we brought this up when we were talking earlier is meanwhile, there were clients in the clinic to squash the conversation in general. So like I can remember regularly having like, okay, guys, well, we're not having this conversation here in the back because clients can hear us. I think on top of that, we have this weird, like deaf, deafly quiet situation in our clinics where we kind of maybe can have a little bit more controversial conversations than we do maybe did in the past, uh, maybe good, maybe bad. That's a really good point, Becky. That's something I hadn't considered. So viewfinders, what Becky's saying is true, right? So in the past, we were sort of tempered perhaps with our discussions or arguments or debates, let's call them, with our coworkers because there was a client on the other side of the door. And now that they're 
in the parking lot, we are a little more free because let's face it, the dog's probably not going to go back and say, Mom, you won't believe what they were arguing about back there. There are a bunch of anti-maskers in there. We need to find a new clinic. <laughs> That's exactly right. And so it's a little bit more of a free um, environment, I think, even consciously or unconsciously. So that is allowing us to maybe have these conversations. But in addition to what you said about the change in conversation, I also feel like the the level of of being affected has changed. Like 10 years ago, if you were one party and I was another and, you know, you didn't vaccinate your kids or whatever, like it didn't affect me. But I feel like we have so many more staff members now who feel affected by other people's choices, other people's decisions. And it is getting more into their space. Oh, that's another really good observation, Becky. And, you know, I will say, viewfinders, the commonality for me right there is social media because we are now heightened in our awareness. You know, we are constantly scrolling our feeds and there's all kinds of messages being thrown at us and it's overwhelming at times. And maybe, Becky, that is what kind of sets us off and keeps us on edge because, you know, it's always political. It's always social justice. It's always, always, always something other than just, you know, do your job sometimes. Well, and we also live in this funny little space of it's like if you're ignoring it, you're ignorant. If you don't have an opinion, you know, I can think about so many times in the past where I would say like, oh, I'm not really into politics because I don't really believe any of them <laughs> and this, that, or the other. But like, now it's like, you have to have, now it's like you're a good guy or bad guy based on your political placement. It's not about, Oh, well, I just believe my state should stay out of my business. Or I believe in socialism. Like those are, they, they used to be personal beliefs. Now it's like, hi, can we be friends? Do you support this? Yeah, it's a, that's another interesting observation. And so, viewfinders, I have always believed in in social activism and politics. I mean, obviously, that's kind of been part of my life uh, in, in very visible ways uh, and spent a lot of time pursuing those things. Having said that, Becky's right. Not everybody wants to be an activist about something or everything. And so, you know, while I, I do believe that by being silent on certain social issues, especially like gender inequality, racism and so forth, I think that is incumbent on all of us to, to do that and, and to fight for, for that types of social justice. But there are other times when Becky's like, look, I don't want to hear about the impeachment. Right. I mean, that's and that maybe is OK. If you listen to this show, you know, the first three months of COVID, that was what I said. I literally <laughs> didn't want to talk about COVID for three months. Um, and, and that's exactly right. It, it used to be okay. But again, now it sort of feels like a matter of who you are as a person. And I've never felt like that in the past. I really, truly never felt like somebody who had different political views than me. And again, with this vaccination situation, and, you know, I think we'll dive into this a little bit further here in a minute, but it's like, I feel more affected by people's choices to vaccinate or not. Now, I never used to care if you got a flu vaccine or not. And I worked in the clinic with you. If you if you got a flu vaccine, good on you. If you didn't and you thought it was a conspiracy, we'd kind of chuckle about that and move on. Now it's like an actual literal fight. I think that's what saddens me so much is the fact that it's gotten to be a fight, Becky. You know, it's not just civil discourse, civil debate, civil discussion. It's like suddenly now knives are drawn and I'm going to cut you if you don't agree with me. My dad unfriended me on Facebook. (laughs) My literal (laughs) genetic blood family was like, oh, I hope you understand. Of course I deleted you. We don't agree politically. And I was like, 
dear dad, let me teach you how to hide my posts and not not be my friend. But it's that bad. And we laugh, right? Like we joke, but this is actually tearing families apart. And if you are my friend on Facebook, prior to my dad deleting me, you would have seen ongoing arguments between myself and my father over over politics. So now it has really become truly like, um, like you said, social media driven um, alignment or, or disalignment. And it becomes a matter of like, can I actually respect you as a person? Can I trust you as a person to work with and to work with my patients based on these decisions that you're making outside the clinic? And I've never felt like that before. Like I've never felt like that before, but I really now I'm in a place where the decisions that people are making, if they are flagrantly displaying those feelings, I may not want to leave my pet with them. I may not want that to be my veterinary clinic. Wow. It, it, it is so interesting. These social signals that we kind of kick the show off with. So Becky, let, let me ask you a question here. Okay. So let's say you're now in today's workplace and one of your coworkers, doesn't matter who they are, could be the owner, the manager, an associate, you know, another fellow veterinary technician assistant, doesn't matter. But let's say they come in and they wear a mask that is proclaiming, you know, s- s- some kind of political statement or social justice statement that, you know, you disagree with. How, how do you propose people handle that i think they should get on social media i think they should tag them i think they should rant they should take pictures make a tiktok about them um this is how we do it and this is how we make the money no you're right though and and with the funny the mask situation is really becoming it right like we were talking about this my husband's mask he's just like this big you know you know usmc emblem on his mask because he's a marine corps veteran and he saw that and he grabbed it It was like oh this is good mine have mermaids and dogs it is becoming a an opportunity as much as wearing like your baseball cap with your favorite team to put your political statement. But that being said, when you were asking me that question, I'm like, well, what am I looking at? Because am I looking at a thin blue line? Am I looking at a um, what would Jesus do? Am I looking at a LGBTQ flag? What am I looking at? Because it does actually make me feel differently about, and this is probably not okay, about the acceptability of it or not, right? So where is that line? If you're if you're proud and you're wearing pride colors, should I consider that a political statement? As much as if you're wearing something like a thin blue line, or if you're wearing a, a maybe a, a political mask, then what? I, I, and again, I don't know that I don't I don't I think again this comes down to SOPs. Clinics make right. it easy by right. your own masks. Just put them in uniform masks. Yep. But the damage is done, right? Like the, the thing is there, the stamp is on the person and I'm still going to know X, Y, or Z about this person. And um, it's really kind of becoming like a, like a heightened sense of heat. This is who I am and I can put it on my mask and you know, um, and there's something so oddly symbolic about it over the mouth to me. It's like this black mirror thing where it, we're going to look back in this and see how, how unique that it was that these messages are being plastered right over people's mouths. Right. That's again, I, I like that. So viewfinders, do you, have you mandated a mask policy or any type of sort of policy in your clinic that says, Hey, you know, you shouldn't display these things just period. Right. I mean, or are you kind of letting it go and see what happens? Do you run the risk as Becky sort of uh, highlights of saying, Whoa, wait a second. Now the cat's out of the bag. Uh Oh, you know, we all know what, where you stand on this issue. Will that damage uh, the relationships uh, that you have with working colleagues? So, wow, it's tricky. 
Yeah. And do we need to just get in front of it before it gets there, right? I mean, obviously, people have been wearing masks. We're way behind it if you've already right. <laughs> had to deal with this. But I'm interested to hear from our, our viewers, our listeners, how they've dealt with this in their clinics, what their beliefs and how they came across. I mean, because obviously, this was on their door day one. Hey, you have to wear a mask. Well, somebody shows up to the, the clinic with a mask that's maybe not. Ooh, you're like, whoa, right. okay, I said mask, but I didn't say political statement. Right. Then again, when do we begin to just infringe on your rights to wear a mask you want to wear? And and I think that goes for the clinic and then, you know, everywhere else. Because again, if you're if you maybe have a less than savory message on your mask, are you somebody I want in my clinic? What is your social media doing that ties into what we talked about last week? Like now your total package is at question to me. Right. And and here viewfinders, I think a question I like to ask to to our viewfinder family is is this the place to make these statements on your mask? You know, I mean, are, are, on your, even on some of the social media, I mean, like, is this the place, the proper place? And let's dial that back into the professional context. So within the confines of a clinic. So now I am working as a veterinary professional. Is that the place to proclaim on my mask my political or social agenda? I, I don't have an answer, Becky. Like, right. Or is it not? Right? right. And that's the thing is, do you have the right to say, no, you can't. And again, where is that line drawn? And it's such a difficult thing. You know, again, masks. OK, so then let's talk about the vaccines. Let's talk all these uh, kids going to school. I mean, there are so many controversial topics in our enti entire repertoire. Right now, the only thing we're talking about <laughs> Every is controversial, day. it feels like. Right, right? Right, I mean, right. other than like how good the stand was on Amazon Prime. I think it's the only thing everyone's agreeing. You know what I mean? But like, it's so hard. And there's so much passion behind today's arguments, right? That's the other thing. Like, people who believe what they believe, believe it so strongly and so truly and so deeply, yeah, right? That yeah. then another point of view, it's just like you can't even think about this. And when we really need cohesive teams, like we need people who move fluidly together, in these clinics, what happens when those things start happening? And is it a matter of like management to start to step in and say like, we can't have these conversations. Well, like, can you really limit my conversation at work? Can you require me to have a vaccine? Um, I think there's some really interesting, you know, material there. Yeah. And, and one thing that Becky said, I just want to repeat, you know, she says, that this heightened awareness, like I believe more strongly now in what I believe than ever before. And, you know, from the world of psychology, I would say this is just the result of confirmation bias, getting right back to scrolling your social media feeds. You are most likely, based on your likes and interests and who you follow, are being fed a steady diet of things that confirm what you believe in, therefore validating in your mind what you believe in even more strongly, confirmation bias leading to, as Becky said, that now sparks during conversations. And so this is this is the volatility that I worry about. And so when your technician, as well-intentioned as they may be, and heck, they could even have save the manatees on their mask. Let's just say something. I, hopefully that's safe, you finders. Maybe there's somebody <laughs> out there who really hates manatees. Or is, Come on, Doc. <laughs> but let's say they do that. But are we risking potentially triggering some response in the public that we serve, right? I mean, so, so that gets back to the 
is the mask in the, the workplace the place to make a political or social stand? I don't have an answer on it. I will tell you my personal opinion, Becky, as you probably guessed, was going to be just like you said, hey, let's just all wear the same mask, you know, because I want to show social cohesion within my my team. So I'm going to say, you know, hey, we all wear these regular surgical masks or whatever. Uh, and uh, I... I I don't know if that will work for every clinic, but I will say, as Becky has alluded to on numerous occasions here during today's conversation and and others, that, hey, if you do offend one of your team members, that's going to create friction and that just damages the working relationship. That's a that's a problem. So I guess that's a good point, right, is is on top of how strongly we believe is what is our resiliency to other people's beliefs? Like, how are we able to can we move past that? How can we say I believe differently, I think differently, but we're still humans. We still work together. I can still remain professional. And that's a really hard line, I think, as well, and something that maybe we haven't had to practice that much is working with people we definitely don't see eye to eye with, that we don't agree with, that we don't um, maybe even want to, right? And, And it used to be, well, that was the queen bee of the clinic, or this is somebody that's mean, or this is somebody that's that. But like, what if you really truly just, disrespect somebody because of the choices that they're making in their own personal life and it's bleeding over into your professional life like how do you how do you separate those two how is that possible yeah well and it is possible it's difficult i can just tell you from from you know running for state senate here in north carolina I I learned very quickly that there were going to be two types of opponents that I would encounter. One were people that were so committed and dedicated, as you said, that, you know, boy, they were just filled with vim and vigor. And, you know, they were going to let you know how wrong you were about whatever position you were taking. And those are people you probably couldn't move forward with. Right. It would be very difficult for you to find commonality and common ground. And then there was another cohort of, of opponents where, you know, it's like, okay, they they felt just as strongly as you did about a given position, but they're willing to have a civil conversation around it. And even though at the end of the conversation, nobody moved or budged in their beliefs, you realized this is actually somebody I could work with to create legislation. You know, right? We're going to have to compromise. And I think that's the other thing that's been lost, Becky, lately is this sense of compromise. The reason that America is strong, in my opinion, is because of one of those cliches that we use to describe our country. It's a melting pot. Now, what happens when you put things in a pot and melt them? They all kind of come together. Now, they bring their own little spice and their own little flavor and texture. But at the end of the day, they've all made a bit of a change of a shift and they've worked together to make something beautiful. And so that's what I fear is being lost. Now, that's political. I'm sorry, viewfinders, but I think you know where I stand on these topics. But we've got to somehow be able to blend together as a team, that team cohesion that I was referring to. Really, you know, these are those areas where when we started out this conversation today, viewfinders, we said the division seems to be heightened and worsened, uh, maybe in in, in history. (laughs) You know, this seems pretty, pretty tough out there. And what we're saying is, how do we get that back together? And, you know, at some point, we're going to have to say it's appropriate, inappropriate. How do we move past this? How do we talk about this? And it all boils down to me to respect and civility. You know, oh, this one's going to be troublemaking. I get it. Uh-oh. A lot of people say, you know, we're as divided as we've ever been. And then the kind of the lash back to that is all these pictures of like black fountain, white fountain, right? Black church, white right, church. Right. We have actually been way more divided in the past, but we were so clearly divided. It was so, there were literally lines. There were literally signs where you could and couldn't go. I feel like what's happening now is 
you know, when when we were as divided as we were, and, and remember only 50 some years ago, it was not that long ago we were living in the worst society division we've ever seen as far as racism goes. Right. We were able to say, well, there's just absolutely no mixing because it's the lines are clearly divided. I think we have this pickle now because we do have to mix. We We do have to share a classroom with people who have you know, vaccines and don't with people who are of all, you know, religions and races and creeds. And it's so now it's like we have to learn to tamper the division that we feel inside because society hasn't created these lines. They've said, okay, we get to all be in this melting pot. And I feel basically the last four years have really caused a lot of conversation around the division instead of the unity and the growth that we have had. And I think it's become a pattern. And so I I do think that it is now a matter of just breaking up that pattern, but how do you undo the damage? And like, you know, how did we do it the first time and how do we do it again? Because we've caused it again, just in a very different way. And in what seems to be a more, you know, sneaky way, because (laughs) there isn't a fountain that says black and white. Now it's like, social media makes those divides our statements make those divides and then we bleed over into the workplace yeah um and i think that that has is part of what has created such a weird thing for us as a society is this is the first time in a long time we've been so out about the things that are taboo maybe about our beliefs we've felt i don't want to say we because i'm not one of them have felt backed by our own government and society to bring hate to the front. Whereas in the past, I think it's really not been tolerated the way it kind of is right now. Yeah, very, very. I mean, those are great observations. And back to the hot water (laughs) that we're finding ourselves in. From the frying pan into the fire. I'm here for it. But we're we're in the clinic, right? And that is this boiling pot that I'm discussing. And and we've really got to figure out a way, viewfinders, to blend together. And so that we do melt together into this beautiful, cohesive, boy, I've used that term today a little bit much, but we really need to come together. And so one of the things that I think hopefully today this will spark your conversations is, okay, look, what are we wearing? Are we making mask a thing, right? Are we making not wearing mask a thing? You know, if, if that is a thing in your clinic, I would, in, I would encourage you to sit down with your management, your coworkers, whomever you can and say, why is this a thing? And how do we get past this? Because if we don't do this, that team is going to continue to fracture apart. And before you know it, a, a workplace that was really beautiful and harmonious and fun to be in is going to be an absolute disaster and nightmare. Yeah. You know, it's funny we were talking and, you know, you were saying earlier about how the, the stickiness used to be like front versus back. Like I think, right, I think we even right. did a podcast about it years ago before Yeah, all this. And it's like, now it isn't front versus back. It's, it is literally people against each other. And I think you're right. The conversation has to be brought out. We can't pretend it's not happening. And I don't think the answer is to say, let's just not do this. Don't talk about this in the clinic. Don't talk about that. I think giving each other an opportunity to say like, okay, we have this obviously sticky situation. Give each other an opportunity to talk openly so we can ask the questions we need to ask and then, and then move on. And we have to come to an agreement that says within clinic hours and within, you know, clinic conversations, we can't go here or here are the rules around going here. X, Y, and Z. And, and it's, we talked about this before the show, but it's masks. It's, if you don't have uniforms, it might be on shoes. It might be on jewelry. It might be on tattoos. It might be mugs that get brought to work or tumblers. 
there are more ways to make political statements than ever before, right. uh, even in license plates. And I think we in the clinic have to really decide what that's going to look like and what's going to be allowed and what's not going to be allowed and why. And I think it needs to come from the whole team to be able to say, like, I don't feel like I'm being squashed here, but I can understand why this is not the time or place for my particular feeling around saving orangutans. And if your clinic, if your team says, hey, we want just you bring whatever, do whatever, however you want to do it, that's good too. I think that the true essence of the solution begins with working together on a common solution. I think that's where you have to start. Now, I I would be very cautious about just saying do whatever you want to do because I think that kind of comes back into, you know, well, something's going to, somebody's going to light a, a match and something's going to spark off. But, um, you know, you, you do need to figure out what works for your team. I think too often, as Becky very aptly described it, people just say, we're not going to talk about it at work. Like, nope, that's off. And that doesn't solve anything. I can tell you, ignorance will never, ever solve any of these problems. You know, so. No way. Sticking yeah. your head in the sand is, is not. And you're, and you're, your team's are going to look to you to handle it. You know, they're going to be looking to you to protect them yeah. from their coworkers. If there is a situation, if a coworker is doing something offensive or if you're being singled out, you're going to be looking to your management to help you to create the rules and to create the regulations that say you are or are not okay doing what you're doing. But on top of that, if you are going to ask your team, please take your team's thoughts and value their their opinions because the worst thing that you can do is ask them and then do what you want anyway and i've seen this happen so many times where it ends up building team resentment of why did you even bother asking us because you knew what you wanted to do and you asked us just to make yourself feel better well you really are going to bring (laughs) if you really are going to bring your team in for this and you really truly want to tackle this as a team and make a team compromise then you really truly have to listen to your team otherwise you implement a policy and you hand it down yeah. Yeah. It, it, and I would say it really, you know, both of those have merits. You really have to figure out what works for your team. Uh, but Becky's right. You know, you have to be willing to work together and make these compromises and try different things and, and move forward. It, it is a tough, tough conversation to have. But I, I fear, Becky, that what's really happening in the vast majority of clinics around the world even is nobody's talking about this stuff. It's just showing up and and people talk about it when it's a crisis. That's really not the time to intervene. You know, I remember years ago, back, at, I think it was 2006 or 2007, one of the first wellness lectures that was, uh, that was at NAVC, I was happy to give it. And, and the title of my lecture was Don't Wait for the Heart Attack. And that's really what this is telling me, right? People are having heart attacks out there, yeah. <laughs> metaphorically speaking, viewfinders. But somebody's coming in loaded with a mug, with a mask, with a statement, and it's now causing a heart attack within the team and people yeah. don't know how to deal with the, the fallout. Right. And, and on top of that, our poor managers are like, you know, it's going to come on a day when you're already shorthanded <laughs> right. and you already have a ton of leap to deal with yep. and then now all of a sudden you've got coworker, you know team members screaming at each other in the back because you know somebody wore a Whatever, uh, something yeah. something or said something that didn't you know go over well and we're all dealing with such heightened emotion as it is right now it is like waiting to combust so getting in front of these types of things and again please keep in mind we're talking about masks we're talking about vaccines we're talking about the signs of the times, but every day it changes. Every day it's something different. I, the Super Bowl, don't even get me started on my <laughs> politics behind football. You know, 
literally could have been in the clinic on Monday giving everyone a lecture about why they suck for watching the Super Bowl, which perpetuates violence and, you know, dog fighting. And oh, by the way, Tom Brady got wow. a PVP loan if you didn't know. But anyway, this is the thing that on Monday I want to I want to shame everyone who watches the Super Bowl on Sunday oh, no. <laughs> because of this, right? And so you come in Monday thinking you just won 50 bucks your winning team and now you face the wrath of, wrath of Becky who wants to lecture you about dog fighting. So... <laughs> And I will do it passionately and full of all kinds of emotion. Now it's Monday morning and you got a big fight in the back and Becky started it and you don't know why. So these are the reasons why we want to get, like you said, in front of it before I'm causing heart attacks um, in the clinic. And it, it is, it is probably something you're wishing you didn't have to deal with. It is probably yeah, something that makes yeah. you roll your eyes and say, why do I even have to babysit? But you know what you do yep. and it's emotion and it's values and it's ethics and it's important to the people who are back there arguing it. And if you're a manager, it is literally your job to support both sides of that. Wow. Love that. Viewfinders, what do you think? Is this an important topic? Are you seeing more divisions within your team than ever before? How are you handling some of these mask mandates and vaccine issues and all of the political discourse that's flying about your treatment area? We really want to hear what you're experiencing and more importantly, how you're solving these problems. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder and on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. Don't forget to head over to wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe. But if you get a chance, heading over to iTunes and giving us a quick rate and review, really and truly, I know you hear it on all of your podcasts, but it really does help us get our content out to other listeners. So thank you so much for listening and enduring this very tough topic today. Uh, we do think it has merit and we think it has importance. And so we want to share these things with you. We know it's not always pleasant to hear. We know sometimes we create a lot of controversy out there, but we know that by trying to catalyze these conversations, we're trying to affect change in our profession. So viewfinders, thank you so much over four years of listening to tough topics like this. Until next week, bye. Are we good?